Welcome once again to Searching the Scriptures radio broadcast. I'm Pastor Travis Alltop, and I do appreciate you tuning in again with us this week as we look into the Word of God here on the Searching the Scriptures radio program every week. Our prayer is that you're getting some help and instruction and uh, grounded and established in the truth as you listen to these Bible lessons, and it's always a privilege for me to have an opportunity to expound this blessed old book. Thank God for it. Now, this week, we're going to pick up the thread. We were talking last week about the fall of Satan. And so in Luke chapter 10, look with me, if you will, again. We'll get right into it this week. And I hope you're uh, maybe jotting some notes down. You need to write down these references that you might look them up and study these things for yourself. Uh, much of this material we're looking at this last two weeks is not uh, what you would call milk. This is a little bit meatier, a little bit heavier, but it will help you in the long run. You need to know your enemy. We have an adversary, an enemy that hates us and hates our Savior. And the Bible does warn us that we're to be sober and to be vigilant because our adversary, uh, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says there are some people there in Second Timothy chapter 2 that the devil takes captive. And uh, listen, we need to know our enemy, who we're up against. And we need to know that we only defeat him through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That Bible says they overcame uh, them by the blood of uh, the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So it's important that we know what this Bible has to say about our enemy and about our adversary. And so last week, we started here in Luke chapter 10. I'll read it again. Jesus Christ said to the 70 that returned there in Luke 10, they were excited and maybe a little bit proud of their uh, success on their evangelism route. And so the Lord reminded them in verse 18, here's what Jesus said. Look at it. Luke chapter 10, verse 18. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And so last week we traced the fall of Satan through the Bible. And so let's do some review for a few minutes. I'll give you the references again that you might jot them down and look them up because much of what is thought to be true about Satan is not. And what the Bible will give you will be very enlightening and helpful to you as a Christian. First of all, the first thing we have to strike down is the falsehood that the devil is a fallen angel. He is not a fallen angel. In the Bible, angels appear as men. They do not have wings. What we found from studying uh, for a few minutes in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 12 through 17, we found this out. We found that the devil in his original created state his original condition, he was the anointed cherub. He was full of wisdom and full of beauty, and he covered the throne of God in the mountain of God in heaven. And the Bible says that he was holding that position. He had tabrets and pipes built into him. He was an unbelievably bright character. Uh, the Bible talks about the stones that he was covered with, how bright he was, how wise he was, how beautiful he was, and the fact that he was a musical being, had tabrets and pipes built into him. And the problem came in when he got puffed up with pride. The Bible says he was lifted up. And the day that he had that sin in his heart, God found iniquity in him. And the Bible says he was cast out of the mountain of God. And the interesting thing is this. He was not, he's not a fallen angel, but rather a fallen cherub. And what you need to do is spend some time studying Ezekiel chapter 1 and Ezekiel chapter 10. Now you say, oh, I love that Ezekiel stuff, but I don't understand. Well, you can study what cherubims are like, what their characteristics are like, and you will find out some unbelievable insight into the person and character of our adversary, the devil. 
And what's also interesting is the fact that the Bible says that those cherubims, when they move, it says that when they moved in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 14, when they moved, they appeared as a flash of lightning. So that makes perfect sense for the Lord Jesus Christ to have beheld Satan in his original condition be as lightning fall from heaven. And so that makes perfect sense. But then we saw secondly last week that the devil in his current condition is described in Job 41 uh, as Leviathan. And Leviathan is clearly a another uh, name for the devil. And we figured that out by comparing Scripture with Scripture. And you can look at Job 41, the entire uh, 34 verses will describe to you the devil in his fallen condition. And Leviathan is clearly the devil because Isaiah 27 verse 1 tells us that Leviathan is none other than the crooked serpent, the piercing serpent, also known as the dragon. These are all titles of Satan in his fallen condition. And we learned that in his fallen condition, yes, he has access to the heavens above us, but also has access to this earth. According to Job chapter 1, which I'll allow you again in way of review to look up, study Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, and Job chapter 2, verse 1. In Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, we found out that the devil appeared and checked in at the throne room of God. He is already in his fallen condition. He was in his fallen condition in Genesis chapter 3. But in Job chapter 1, certainly the devil has already been demoted. This fallen cherub is now in his uh, cast-out state, and he appears to check in there before the Lord. And the Lord asked the devil a question. He said, From whence comest thou, and what have you been up to, basically? And the devil said these chilling words. He said, From walking uh, up and down in the earth and to and fro in it. You can see that over there in Job chapter 1. In other words, it's as if the devil is on probation and and still has to check in. While he has a, a certain amount of power, he still is under the authority of God Almighty and always will be. And so we read here where the, uh, the devil told the Lord, he goes, here's where I've been and here's what I've uh, been doing. He says, I've been going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And so... We also found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, that he's referred to as the prince of the power of the air. So my point in all of this is this. The devil in his current condition is not chained in the bottomless pit. He rather has access to this earth, and he also has access to the atmosphere, the outer uh, space, if you will, because he's called the prince of the power of the air. And if you study Job chapter 41, you'll find out where he resides uh, in the great deep. And I again, I realize that this is over some people's heads, but it's not because it couldn't be found in the Bible. It's because people are unwilling to study. And I want to know what he does. Well, the Bible says that since he has that access uh, to the throne room, back and forth between the earth and the heavens, he can go to either place. He does have a, a ministry, if you will, and a goal currently. And this is what we closed with last week. You can read through the New Testament and you will find this. You will find that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. And the Antichrist, you're going to find out today as we look at it, is nothing more than the devil being made manifest in the flesh. Because we talked last week how that the devil is a great imitator of God. And many things that God does, the devil will imitate. And therefore, since God Almighty had an only begotten son at the, and that Obviously, we've studied here is Jesus Christ who became flesh and dwelt among us. 
the devil also will have a seed. Do you remember that prophecy in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15? While the Lord will, uh, the woman will have a seed, that's a prophecy, a veiled prophecy of the virgin birth. The Bible also says that the serpent will have a seed. That means he's going to have uh, a son that manifests himself in the flesh. And we're going to talk about that today. But he's an imitator of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look it up. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 13 through 15, we find out that today the devil in his fallen, demoted state can transform himself into an angel of light. It did not say he was an angel of light, but rather that he deceives people by transforming himself into an angel of light. And it says that he has ministers who appear as, quote, ministers of righteousness. So you see the devil's great area of deception is not down at the local pool hall and in the bar or the tattoo parlor. The devil's greatest area of activity and one of his greatest weapons of deception, are you listening, is none other than rotten religion. Listen, the devil comes and has ministers, the Bible says. Those ministers come to devour people, to deceive people, and to derail people from the truth. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, that the devil is currently called, quote, the God of this world, that God is spelled with a little g. He controls society and how the masses think. Amen. And one of his great uh, delights is to blind men from the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. He is a deceiver. He is an imitator of God. He is a liar and, a, and desires to devour Christians and sift them. He is acu an accuser of the brethren, as we mentioned, and he is a thief. He loves to steal the word of God from people and don't think that he doesn't have his hand in this modern plethora of modern Bible versions. I have never heard more people uh, make fun of such a position uh, as the one that I hold. Uh, the average Christian will tell me, I've seen many of you out in town, you'll say, hey, preacher, I sure enjoy, uh, I enjoy your broadcast. And I agree with uh, most of what you preach, except I don't believe that the, uh, God only has one Bible. Well, I understand you don't really believe that, but let me ask you a question. Why do you assume that the devil's going to leave this Bible alone? The very first attack he ever made to deceive Adam and Eve was to attack what God said. Remember what he said? The first recorded statement of the, the devil in his fallen condition in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 is this. Yea, hath God said? He had a positive approach, and he simply cast doubt on what the Lord had said. And the Lord Jesus Christ warns us that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And so the devil gets in there and begins to change a little bit here and a little bit there and water this down and weaken this. And some of you chumps still, still want to tell me, well, you know, it just doesn't matter what Bible you read. Have you ever considered the fact that these Bibles don't agree? Have you ever considered that there could be a deception behind that? It, let me ask you this question. If you were deceived about the Bible issue, would you be willing to humble yourself and admit that you had been deceived about it and turn from what you thought you knew and embrace the truth? Would you at least, if you are deceived, would you be willing to turn from your deception and believe that God preserved a book perfectly and that the devil only counterfeits that perfect book by giving people 25 different options of, well, I like this. It's easier to read. Listen, I'm just asking a question. I'm not accusing you of being a lost person. I'm asking the question, don't you think that if the devil imitates everything about God, that he wouldn't be willing to imitate God's Bible?
Well, most certainly he would. And most people who are not King James only still have a standard somewhere. I've had men tell me, well, now that whole King James thing, I'd come to your church, but I'm just not King James only. Well, amen, it's free country. You can believe what you'd like to believe. But I'll ask them, so you think all Bibles are the Word of God? And they'll say, well, yeah, I think most Bibles are, are good translations of the Word of God, yes. Well, what happens when they don't agree? I mean, I can show you places where they are diametrically opposed. I'm talking about Bible versions. A Bible is supposed to be what God said. And the devil doesn't want you to know what God said. The devil wants you to be confused. God is not the author of confusion, but the devil is. So if there's 15 different Bible versions that we compare, and they all say something different, let me ask you this question. This is a fair question. What did God actually say? You say, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll, you know what you'll end up doing? You'll pick the one you think is best, the one you like the most. You see, God's not that obtuse. God is not that uh, vague. God inspired a book, and he said this. The promise of preservation is found in Psalm 12, 6, and 7 that says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. He shall keep those words. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. And the devil just wants to cast doubt on these things. So everybody has a standard. I've had men tell me, well, no, you know, I read out of an NIV. Now, I wouldn't read something like the Living Bible, Brother Alltop. Oh, so there is a standard. You wouldn't read the New World Translation that the JWs put out 120 years ago, would you? Back when Charles Taz Russell uh, translated the Bible to fit the cult that he started, you, most of you Orthodox Christians listening to me, you wouldn't, believe, you wouldn't read that Bible, would you? Well, what makes you think that the rest of them that have come out aren't just as corrupt and perverted as the New World Translation? You see, everybody has a standard. The difference is my standard is higher than yours. All I'm saying is, after comparing Bible versions, it doesn't have anything to do with their readability. This old King James Bible reads at a fifth grade reading level. What it has to do with this, this Bible right here is a little bit too plain, a little bit too waist high and over the plate for most modern day Laodicean Christians. So they just go out and join the Bible of the month club. And I'm telling you who got the whole confusing mess started was the devil himself. He is desirous to keep you from knowing the Lord. That Bible says over there that he walks about seeking whom he may devour. And that is not talking about uh, taking somebody's soul. If you've been born again, glory to God, you're, you've passed from death to life and you're on your way home to meet the Lord. But in the process, he desires to devour Christians and to deceive them. Check it out. First Peter chapter five, verse eight and first, I'm sorry, second Timothy chapter two, verses 24 through 26. But now let's move forward. Turn over to your Bible, in your Bible, to Revelation chapter 12. If you're still with us today, if I haven't angered you to turn the radio off at this point, let me, I'm trying to help you. I want to be a faithful man of God. And in doing so, anytime a man truly speaks the word of God with boldness, with authority and not as the scribes, as soon as a man says, thus saith the Lord, he's going to make some enemies. I know some of y'all don't like some of the things I say, but I'm not saying them to try to make an enemy. Number one, my goal is to be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ who called me to preach. And you know what? He called me to preach not just the gospel, but the word of the, the, of the Lord. And it's made up of words and chapters and verses. And my, my job is to challenge you and to tell you, here's what the Bible says. Amen and amen. I'm trying to help you today. Now, we're studying what we're actually studying before I got sidetracked there a little bit. We're studying the devil. 
and how he had a five, he has a fivefold fall from heaven. We saw last week in way of review that he was the anointed cherub that was cast out of heaven as lightning fall from heaven. We see that he resides uh, in the great deep according to Job chapter 41 when he's described in the person of Leviathan or the creature known as Leviathan. We saw that he has access to this earth as well as to the heavens. He's called the prince of the power of the air. And his current ministry as the God of this world is to deceive people and blind the minds of those that have not believed the gospel of Jesus Christ and to devour Christians. But notice here in Revelation chapter 12, there is still a future manifestation uh, where he is going to come down even further. Look at verse 7. Revelation 12 verse 7. There was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. Now you say, I thought he already lost his position. Yes, in the third heaven, he was cast out of the mountain of God, Ezekiel 28. He used to be up there, but he was cast down. But remember, in his fallen condition, he still has access to heaven, access to the outer, uh, the atmosphere and the outer space that, uh, that they try to shoot rockets up into. And so right here, this, uh, this description of him is a prophecy about his future fall from heaven because the Bible says that the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. Well, the classic example to show you that this is future, his casting out of the heavens and out of heaven, is because it says here that he was cast out of heaven and he accused the brethren day and night. Well, we saw an example of that in Job chapter 1. Who did he accuse? He accused Job of being unfaithful to God. He said, Lord, if you'll let me at him, he'll, he'll curse you to your face. When did the devil accuse the, uh, Job? Well, he accused him after he had already been cast out of the mountain of God, and he still had access to the throne room. And so here, this is future. If you study Revelation chapter 12, it brings us right smack dab to the middle of the week of Daniel's 70th week, the time of Jacob's trouble, what we often refer to as the great tribulation. This is future prophecy. Look at verse 12 of Revelation 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. Why? For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The devil is cast out of the heavens here in Revelation 12. The accuser of the brethren and the heavens rejoice because he's done with, he's out of here, he's been cast down to the earth. Now quickly turn in your Bible to Second Thess Thessalonians chapter 2. When the devil is cast out of the heavens in the middle of the week of the tribulation, that three and a half years in, the devil, the accuser, Satan, the dragon, is cast out. And the inhabitants of the heavens, it says, rejoice. Why? Because he's been cast down to the earth. Now, while earlier he could walk to and fro in the earth, now he is cast out. He no longer has access to the heavens, but he comes down to the earth having great wrath. Well, how does he appear on the earth? Well, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and look at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, 
2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This is a description of that political religious character that is yet to appear on the scene on this earth. This one world ruler that we've called the Antichrist. He's called the man of sin and the son of perdition. He says here that he'll be revealed in the future. And he says this in verse 5 of Second Thessalonians 2. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. You'll study there in First John chapter 2 that the spirit of Antichrist is already at work. Preparing this society to receive this, this coming satanic superman. And the Bible says in verse 8, Then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. This man of sin, this son of perdition, is a man, and he is going to come after the power of Satan. He's going to be destroyed at the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. But right now we're showing you how that in the middle of that tribulation, Satan comes down and he manifests himself as the man of sin. And he has the power of Satan working through him and in him. And it says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, watch it, with all power and signs and lying wonders. This man, according to Revelation 13, will have the apostolic signs. Some of you tongue talkers need to stop and think about that for a moment. Some of you who complain about us Bible-believing Baptists who are all the time railing against your false doctrines, let me just say this. Uh, these people who are eat up with the laying on of hands and the healing of people and healing lines and tongue talking and all of the miraculous apostolic signs that God gave those apostles in the book of Acts, when the Antichrist shows up, the man of sin, the son of perdition, when the devil manifests himself, He's cast down from the heavens when he fights with Michael and the army in heaven. Revelation 12, when he shows up here on this earth, he comes down with great wrath. He has a short time, namely three and a half years, and he manifests and reveals himself as the man of sin, and he will have apostolic power. He'll be able to raise the dead and heal the sick. And you know what the Bible says, if it were possible? Those elect of Israel would be deceived. Even the very elect, Matthew 24 says, would be deceived by this man. And you say, I don't think it's fair that God would allow the devil to have that kind of power, and that he would give him that kind of power to deceive people. Well, wait a minute. Read on with me. Verse 10. It says that the man of sin shows up, the devil incarnate shows up on this earth in the future time, in the, during the tribulation, and it says in verse 10, he comes with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Here's why. Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. You go on rejecting the gospel and the truth of the word of God, the Antichrist is going to eat your lunch one day and deceive you good. Verse 11 says, for this cause. What cause? The fact that they receive not the love of the truth. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Listen, God always deals with a man. God always gives a warning. God always shows him the truth. But when you reject the truth because you love unrighteousness, 
and therefore reject the truth and won't receive the Lord Jesus Christ that you might be saved, you're opening yourself up to deception and strong delusion. And the Antichrist will come with all of those things. And I'm telling you something, if you'll not receive the Lord Jesus Christ and take salvation as the free gift that it is, if you reject that, when God deals with you, my friend, God have mercy on you because strong delusions come in your way someday. And you may find yourself receiving one who's not God at all, but rather one who's imitating God, a devil in the flesh, the devil in the flesh, the man of sin, the son of perdition. And I know this is some strong meat for some of you, but listen, you need to get serious about this thing of living for God. And you need to search this book and know what's going on. So we've seen so far three moves downward. The devil was the anointed cherub on the mountain of God that covereth, and he fell as lightning fall from heaven, and his power was now in the heavens and upon earth, and he deceives and devours men today and blinds sinners' minds from the gospel. But in the future, he is even cast out of the heavens, and the heavens rejoice when he's gone. That future time is found during the time of Jacob's trouble, the great tribulation that is about to take place one of these days. And he comes down and is demoted a third time. This time he shows up on earth in the person of the Antichrist, the man of sin. And listen, that man of sin is going to be dealt with one day. And the devil, according to Revelation chapter 20, at the second coming of Jesus Christ, look with me if you will. Here's his fourth demotion. The Bible told us already in 2 Thessalonians 2 that he would be destroyed, the Antichrist would be, by the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And here in Revelation 20 we see, And I saw an angel, verse 1, come down from heaven. This is after Jesus Christ has come back to this earth. And I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. Till when? Till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. So at the second coming of Jesus Christ, he lands on top of the Antichrist's head and destroys him. And Satan, who empowered that man, is bound with a chain in the bottomless pit for 1,000 years. Now that is, if you just believe the Bible as it's written. I'm not talking about all these fanciful, symbolic interpretations. The Bible says what it means and means what it says. He is bound for a thousand years and cannot deceive the nations anymore while Jesus Christ rules and reigns in righteousness upon the throne of David. But the Bible says in Revelation verse chapter 20, verse 7, here is the final fall of the devil. When the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Now watch it, verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. That's his fifth and final uh, casting out. From anointed cherub to demoted cherub. From the prince of the power of the air and the deceiver to the Antichrist, from the Antichrist to being bound in the pit for a thousand years. And from the pit, he comes out one more time and is destroyed by fire and cast into the lake of fire where he shall be tormented out of the presence of God with the beast and the false prophet forever and ever. And they shall be tormented day and night. 
And if you're a Christian, you can say, glory to God, hallelujah, may it be so, amen, even so, come Lord Jesus. I'm telling you, that's the final place for the devil. I often have people drive by, some of these young guys that think they know something, and they'll lean out of their car while we're preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, and they'll hold up some satanic symbol and say, Satan rules. Well, if you think Satan rules, you're a loser. Because according to that right there, right before he gets kicked off into the lake of fire, he's going to bow the knee to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he is going to confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to the day. Amen. So if you're a Satan worshiper, you're worshiping a defeated loser. Because when Jesus Christ comes back, he's going to get the glory and the devil who was at one time the anointed cherub, is going to bow the knee to our Lord and Savior and confess that he is Lord of glory, and then he is going to be cast into the lake of fire. Even so, amen and amen. May God help you to digest this material and study it and be the wiser, and may you serve the Lord Jesus in spirit and in truth and worship him all the days of your life. Even so, come Lord Jesus.